It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the program, Stuart Shuffman, is better known by his nom de plume, Broke-Ass Stuart. Uh, his new book is Broke-Ass Stuart's Guide to Living Cheaply in New York City. It's a follow-up uh, to his first book, Broke-Ass Stuart's Guide to Living Cheaply in San Francisco, which itself was born out of a series of uh, self-published zines. He's the king of all things inexpensive and fun. Uh, Stuart, welcome to The Sound of Young America. Uh, thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into this business. Like, uh, like a lot of people, you graduated from college and found that the real world was not particularly friendly to general liberal arts majors who aspired to live in major cities and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how did you go from being broke to writing about being broke? Well, you were American Studies major too, right? Yeah, we, we went to university together, the University of California in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I always tell people like, you know, people like, oh, what'd you major in? I was like, yeah, you know, American Studies. They're like, what's that? I was like, oh, it's how to be a waiter when you get out of college. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's true. I mean, I got out of college and I was working various jobs. I was selling hats at one point. I, um, Wound up in a candy store, and um, this this couple came in. This one of the, the guy was uh, a kid I grew up with in my neighborhood, a few years older than me. I hadn't seen him for a while, and um, as they're leaving, uh, his wife or his wife now gives me the, her card and it says uh, travel writer. And I'm like, I want to be a travel writer, so I decided to be one. And I, you know, I just started um, with a little 30-page zine. So I just took all the stuff that I knew in the city, like all the cool, cheap stuff, and. Uh, ran with it and it got really popular. Let's talk about visiting places. What are the qualities that make up a great place to uh, to go when you don't have a lot of money? A place that has mass transit usually helps. Like in LA right now, I'm so out of sorts driving. I don't know my way around at all. So, I mean, I mean, cities with mass transit, that helps a lot. For something like New York or LA or San Francisco, in terms of like cheap stuff, you can always go to Chinatown and find some really amazing, inexpensive food. You can always go, there's always going to be like, you know, uh, low rent districts that have good bars. You know, I mean, in LA, it'd be like, you know, east of here, you know, like like Los Feliz and Silver Lake and stuff, San Francisco, the Mission or the Tenderloin. I mean, you can always find these things if you look hard enough and that's where the good stuff is. I mean, you're not going to find really great cheap ass stuff in uh, Beverly Hills. But when you do, those are the sweetest. Those are <laughs> awesome. I mean, like I do a whole section in my books about like um, where to get free food during happy hour, which is cool because a lot of times like in San Francisco, a lot of them are in uh, Union Square area. Or in New York, you'll have them in Midtown East, which is like where all like the expensive stuff is. Do you actually in your day-to-day -day life eat free food uh, as an important part of your diet? It depends on if I'm researching at that point or not. <laughs> um I'd like free food if, if I'm in a neighborhood. Like I was in Union Square in San Francisco last month for a friend's performance and uh, she hadn't gone on yet. And I was like, oh, wait, Morton Steakhouse is right here and it's happy hour. They have free <laughs> filet mignon sandwiches. I'm going to go do that, you know? So when I think about it, then yeah, I do it. Relatively few of the people who listen to this show actually live in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, but for San Francisco, if you were going to uh, offer the highly edited guide to the highlights of San Francisco, um, starting with, say, with food, what, what one food place would you recommend uh, above all others? You know, it's a good question. I think, I mean, I go through phases of what I'm really into. There's this place in the mission called Yamo. It's so good. I just, somebody, I, this whole, for years I've been calling it like pan-Asian fusion, but somebody corrected me recently and said it's actually Burmese food, which I, in a way I guess is kind of Asian fusion because it's taken from different parts of Asia and making a different cuisine. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's this Burmese place called Yamo, and it's delicious. It's like seven seats, eight seats maybe, and like a, it's just a little lunch counter. And you go in there, and it's like two ladies and a walk, and like not much else. And they make awesome food, and everything's five twenty-five or below. How about for entertainment in San, in, in San Francisco? Oh, just walk through the Tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool like obscure things. Like um, for example, the windiest road in San Francisco is not Lombard Street. It's uh, Vermont in Petrero Hill between 21st and 22nd. So like I'm I'm really into like the obscure stuff. Like there's a pet cemetery in the Presidio that nobody knows about. Or there's all sorts of weird things. This is the Columbarium, which used to be it used to be all graveyards around it. Now it's called the uh, Richmond. And it's <laughs> and it's um a, this thing it looks like it's uh from classical architecture and a columbarium is something where it's like a mausoleum except you bury people's ashes there in like little urns inside like placards and stuff. So there's all kinds of weird, cool stuff that I'm into, which is like I'm more like sightseeing, but like bizarre sightseeing. Tell me a little bit. You just got back from uh, New York City where you were living and researching uh, your new book. What struck you as most different about uh, living in New York City uh, relative to San Francisco? Uh, it's just I could go on. And there's so many things that are similar and so much is different. I think there's just I think the difference is that the uh, quality of life in San Francisco is a lot better, I think. I mean. The best way to put it is that New York, it's very much sink or swim. And San Francisco, it's totally okay to float. You know, like, <laughs> there's just a lot of people floating. <laughs> um, but I just, uh, the mentality is different. Um, New, uh, the introduction to my book, I, I uh, write about New York. It's just like, it's the chick you will never have. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's like, you didn't even, it's not even the, the one that got away. You just didn't even have a chance. And you know that, and she knows that. You know, she just and she's abusive. It's an abusive relationship. Tell me a, a little bit about the challenge of uh, of writing a book about a, uh, a an entirely new city as opposed to a city where you'd been living. This, um, what do you gain and what do you lose when you're working so intensely in that way? It's it's a good question. Uh, the guy who designed the book, uh, the New York book and the San Francisco book, this guy Mike Force. He's a really talented guy. He actually did a uh, comic. There's a comic inside the New York book. And uh, I, you know, I asked him, I said, what do you think? And he's like, you know, I really like it. And I think that um, the fact that you only lived there for a year was the, one of the best things for you because you didn't, you weren't cynical yet about the city. You weren't, uh, you know, you hadn't already developed your prejudices against certain things, you know? Were there things that you got wrong? Were there things that you thought you knew initially that you found out? I'm never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I spent a lot of time in New York growing up, and so like I, the city's changed a, a lot, and so there's there's areas that changed. You know, I hadn't been in New York for a couple of years, and so it, they had changed slightly since I'd been there last. Like, I mean, the East Village, it's currently like uh, you can hear the death rattle in its lungs. You know, it's kind of like watching Muhammad Ali in his last fights. <laughs> like, it's like your hero, but he's just not as not what he used to be. But you still love him, you know. And that's kind of how I feel about the East Village. Like, the East Village is it's still cool. There's still a lot. There's still more amazing, cool, cheap things to do there than than any place else, probably. But it's not what it used to be. It's 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 becoming what it never was before, which is more ordinary. You are obviously an exceedingly sociable guy, but you've also given yourself this job that requires you to insert yourself into new social contexts every day, several times a day. Um, has that ever gone horribly wrong? Have you ever found yourself in some bar that you'd only read a little bit about on the internet and thought, hmm, this is not of me? Yeah, I mean, 
I've definitely been in some. There's definitely places that like I knew that I hated before I even went there, but I had to go there. I mean, actually, the the what you're saying is really interesting. Like the dichotomy of being a travel writer is that you have to half the time be really social and out there, and then spend the other half of your time being really at home, like writing and like crying because all you're doing is writing ten hours a day in front of the computer. It's living two lives. I mean, like, but you ha- I think you have to be able to be social to be to do what I do. I mean. Because I have to put up with stuff that I hate, you know. Like there's the there's entire areas of New York, like uh, Murray Hill. Murray Hill's got great restaurants and stuff, but I can't stand going out there. It's awful. It's like a frat party. Well, uh, let's let's talk about uh, just as we talked about San Francisco. Um, if you were going to send someone who was visiting New York or someone who already lived in New York, because we are on the radio in New York and wanted to try something new, out to one cheap place to eat. In New York City, what would it be? The best thing you can do, and I just was able to like just write two sentences about it. The best thing you can do if you like to eat cheap stuff is go to Jackson Heights, Queens. It is the most amazing place on earth. I want to move there and live there forever. It's um, <laughs> it's you get off the you get off the train and it's like you're you're in um, it's like a, the the uh, Indian subcontinent. You know, it's like everybody, most people who live there are Indian, Pakistani, or Bengali, right? And then you go over a few blocks and everybody's from Colombia. And then you go a few blocks the other way, maybe five or six blocks, and everybody's Chinese. And it's like this blend of cultures. Uh, Queens is technically the most diverse place in the world. And it's amazing. The food there is so cheap and so good. Whatever you want. If you like, I mean, unless you just want like hamburgers, you can get that anywhere. But if you like interesting ethnic food, there's no place better than Jackson Heights. Just walk down the street and close your eyes and point at something and eat there. What about adventures and, and attractions? If someone wants to spend a pleasant afternoon doing something amazing, what what does Broke-Ass Stewart recommend? Um, the Staten Island Ferry is free, and it's awesome. And they sell tall boys of beer on there um, <laughs> for like two or three bucks. Let me ask you this question then. Mm-hmm. In regard to your enthusiasm <laughs> for imbibing of alcoholic beverages, what's your favorite drink in New York? Oh, there's there's an entire I do a little section in my book about the places you can get the like the the beer and shot combo, and there's a few places a lot in Brooklyn, but there's some in, in in the city too where for five dollars or six dollars depending on where you go you can get a beer and a shot. And each and the great thing is each one has a different cool name. My favorite is um there's one this bar called Duck Duck which is in like uh, East Williamsburg slash Bushwick, and um it's called the Schmidt Face. It's a shot of really cheap whiskey like rot gut and. Schmidt beer. It's the Schmidt face. I was like, what a great name. There's a <laughs> there's the Colt 45 with a bullet in in this bar called um, Floyd, New York, which is also in Brooklyn, and it's a Colt 45 can of malt liquor and a cheap whiskey shot. You know, so there's tons of those. What single experience in in your what five year or so at this point odyssey of being broke ass Stewart uh, stands out as as emblematic of this uh, new life that you lead? They happen all the time. They really do. I mean, whether it's like uh, some kid on the street stopping me, like, dude, I love your book. You you saved my life. That's awesome. I'm like, cool, buy me a drink. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stuart, thank you so much for taking the time to be on The Sound of Young America. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Stuart Shuffman is better known as Broke-Ass Stuart. His n- new book is Broke-Ass Stuart's Guide to Living Cheaply in New York City. If you're in San Francisco or visiting San Francisco, you can also check out his Guide to Living Cheaply in San Francisco. He's online at BrokeAssStewart.com.